Hi guys, welcome to the Colorful Plates podcast, your weekly source for what's happening in the produce and food service world. We'll start out as always with our market reports and weather. This week's interview features Shane Zutenhorst from Rainier Fruit Company. Shane chatted with Liz all about cherries and his hopes for cherries in the future. Let's start with the weather. Most California growing regions will see much warmer temps this week. Central Mexico continues to have seasonably warm temps with scattered showers and thunderstorms, with northern Mexico seeing a similar pattern. The biggest weather concern comes out of the Gulf of Mexico, where Tropical Storm Barry is bringing heavy rains to the southeast. We'll soon see how this will potentially affect some commodities in the southeastern growing region. Moving on to market reports. It's peak season for white, yellow, and bicolored corn. Quality and pricing are great right now. Don't miss out on this summer's BBQ favorite. Try out the recipe Chef Adam mentioned last week, making creamed corn in the corn's own juice. A great way to bring a little sweetness to a savory dish. A summer berry favorite, blueberries, are in peak production. Great quality berries are coming out of the Pacific Northwest, and the eastern seaboard demand is being serviced by New Jersey, Michigan, and North Carolina berries, with Georgia wrapping up production. Great in a salad for a pop of sweet, used fresh in a dessert, or cooked in a tart. California carrots remain steady with good supplies. The rainbow variety is back in production after a month-long gap. Supplies of Mexican jumbo carrots crossing into the U.S. through Texas remain pretty tight due to recent rains making field packing difficult. Mexico will continue to experience sporadic rains. Be aware of potential increased pricing on this commodity. Conditions are slowly improving on head lettuce. Quality is good to fair. However, demand still exceeds supply on iceberg and leaf lettuce due to production gaps. Green leaf continues to be limited, butter and red leaf are average, and romaine hearts continue to be very active with demand exceeding supply industry-wide. For now, stick to tender leaf varieties such as spinach and arugula as supplies are plentiful and in good shape going into this week. Cucumber supplies are tight in the east with a small supply in few locations. North Carolina, Virginia, and New Jersey all have light supplies with Michigan and Ohio starting up. This new production should boost supplies. Quality has been good out of most regions. The Western market is on the rise with harvest coming out of Baja, California. Good supplies are being produced, but demand has exceeded supply on the West Coast. Cucumbers aren't just good in salads. They can be used in place of a cracker or crostini for a refreshing twist on a bread-based appetizer, in a mixed drink for a crisp twist, or in a dressing or sauce. Supplies of larger size asparagus are tight due to dry conditions and slow harvest out of Mexico. For that added green and crunch to your dish, maybe sub for Brussels sprouts as supplies are plentiful and quality is good. That's all we have for market reports this week. Remember to check out the source on ProAct's website as soon as it's released each Wednesday. This week, Liz spoke with Shane Zutenhorst from Rainier Fruit Company, one of ProAct's suppliers. They chatted about cherries and Rainier's upcoming harvest, as well as Shane's desire to see cherries widely used in food service. Let's check it out. All right. So can you tell our listeners your name, title, and how many years you've been at Rainier? My name is Shane Zutenhorst. I am the director of food service for Rainier Fruit Company. I have been with Rainier now for 19 years, and I've been in the industry for 28 Almost 29, actually. Yeah. So you're coming up on your 30 years of service uh, in the food and produce world? That's correct. Yeah. Exciting times. So tell us a little bit about your role at Rainier. What does your day-to-day kind of look like? My day-to-day is is truly director of food service. So I really am focused and emphasize what we do on the food service side of of apples, pears. Um, We also do cherries. We also do organic blueberries. Obviously, the apples and pears are, are 
used widely in the food service industry where the, the cherries and the organic blues um, are not used as much as the apples and pears. Why do you think that is? Number one, I think on the cherry side, um, it's in the food service sector, uh, we're challenged because of the pit. There's a, a, a liability factor that goes on uh, with that uh, in terms of uh, school programs. They're afraid, uh, the end users are afraid that the kids will choke. Um, it's unfortunate because I know moms go to, the, go to the stores and they buy their kids cherries all the time and they love them. Um, so I, and it's a healthy snack and it's unfortunate that we don't use cherries in the food service sector into more applications, whether it's salad, where it's a garnish, those kinds of applications I think would be something that we could utilize in the food service sector. The uh, organic blueberries um, is just another level of, of a, uh, it's a pricing issue in my opinion. So there are a lot of blueberries out there on the conventional side uh, that, that, you know, we use in the food service sector, but not a lot of organics. Um, and it's just been mostly uh, the price. The price has been a, a factor, but as we get into more volume, prices are starting to fall or at least come down. You know, you said, you mentioned the choking on the cherry pit. Is there, and I just don't know from a food service standpoint how this would work or if it's even possible, but is there a way to have it like a pre-pitted cherry or would that expire too quickly or see other issues with that? There's really no good way of doing that when you pack cherries just because of the sheer amount of volume that's going through the line. Mm -hmm. Is there something that could possibly be done on the end user side? There is a machine that could be used. It's mostly used for like maraschino cherries, those kinds of cherries that are put in brine um, that can be stored for a long period of time. There's really on the fresh side of things, there's nothing that really you can do. It, it'll go bad on you quickly. So right. obviously there is, the, you know, if, if I was a chef, I would have to cut it up, you know, something like that to put it in a, in a salad of some sort right. or maybe even just put it on a garnish on a plate. Right. And I guess, you know, they think time is of the essence in the kitchen sometimes. And so maybe that's just an extra step that they're not necessarily willing to take. And they see other fruits that can kind of take cherries place on the plate. Is that kind of what you're seeing is other people just find easier options like a strawberry? I think so. I think, you know, there's strawberries, you know, you do get into like, you know, peaches and nectarines, mm -hmm. those kinds of, of fruits that you can be easily um, cut you know, with the pit taken out um, pretty easily where the, the cherry is not as easy. So it does take time. You're right about that. But it's, it's something that I feel like there has to be something created to, to put on a, on, a, on a menu, something that needs to be done. I think we're missing out in the food service sector. Yeah. Because it's such a great piece of fruit. Yeah. You know, it's healthy. It is. <laughs> it's really good. Everybody loves them. <laughs> yeah, right? Everybody loves cherries. So how do we how do we utilize this cherry and put it on menus and use them more in the food service sector? You know, that's the challenge that I have out there for those end users, for those food service distributors. How can we get me more involved in cherries? Right. Well, I know me personally, I love cherries and I was always kind of weirded out by them. I remember my mom would just sit down with a bag of cherries and she would just eat them and just spit out the pits. Just and I thought that was kind of gross and I was kind of weirded out by stone fruit even nectarines and peaches for the longest time until I became an adult and opened my eyes and was like it's just a pit like don't be a freak Liz 
<laughs> and um, that's right. So now that's I really right. enjoy cherries, but um, but I agree with you. I would love to see more cherries in restaurants because until you brought that up just a second ago, I really it really didn't make me think like, oh, I really haven't seen cherries at the forefront of food service. Right. It is something that I feel I'm passionate about. I'm very passionate about trying to figure out ways to get cherries into the food service sector. I think I think there's a lot of like you said, I think there's a fear factor that goes in there with the with the pit, but it's I think it's something that, you know, we we need to take a chance in my opinion on. I mean, I, there's no reason why we cannot do something, some application, some form uh to make Cherries utilized in in food service. It's a huge opportunity yeah. out there that we're not focusing in on. So, what sets Rainier apart from other growers? I think Rainier Fruit Company is very involved in the growing part. We're we're um, a comp a family owned company. Um, it's, everything's done by hand. Um, we're, I've been told this by outside growers that we're probably the most intense growers out there. Um, we, we put a lot of, of money behind what we do. Um, we also are very involved with the people that work for us. That's a huge part of who we are. Matter of fact, um, right now it's called, um, wholesome heroes. And that is really about the people who work behind the scenes It's very passionate um, that care about what they do every day here at uh, Rainier Fruit Company. So, you know, behind what we do on the growing side and combination with the people that work for us, that's a big factor of, of ultimately delivering a good quality piece of fruit to the end user. Extremely important for us. Mm -hmm. That sets us apart. And what are you guys harvesting right now? And going to be harvesting over the summer months exciting times for us right now we just started the cherry season from now uh, really until the end of july for cherries and our blueberries will be going through the end of september thus the that's the kind of what's exciting times for us right now and then as we get into mid august mm -hmm. we'll get into some galas some new crop galas and some new crop pears I love apples personally. I haven't eaten a lot of pears in my yeah. life, but because I always tend to reach for an apple first, but I am I am all about a good Granny Smith, a Gala, Honeycrisp, all of them. Yeah. Have you guys had any issues lately with harvesting? Not yet. We uh, are are involved in the H2A program. Mm -hmm. So we, we bring up our um, people that work in our orchards um, from Mexico. It's worked out really well for us. We uh, have to house them. We have to make sure that they're getting health care. Um, you know, we do have, it's funny because in our orchards now, it's, it looks like apartment, you know, condominium complexes that are built in there now. Um, that's how we take care of them. We put them in these, these homes, basically in our orchards. Um, but if we didn't have them, we wouldn't be able to harvest. Again, we do everything by hand. Nothing is out right. there by machine. So it's uh, the second, third, fourth generations that are coming up here in, in Washington State. They're not going back out into the orchards. So we have to figure out a way to, to harvest our crops. And that's what we have to do. That's awesome. It's good. It's really nice that y'all are a very people-focused organization. And I think that that's something to commend you guys for. Definitely. Thank you. Something very important to us, for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I know when I was looking at y'all's website earlier and kind of trying to dig a little deeper, um, I noticed that it was very people focused and you had a whole page, a whole section dedicated just to thanking your growers and talking about how important that is. So in what capacity does Rainier work with chefs? I would say that we're not heavily involved in that part of it. We rely heavily in with our partners on the food service distributor level or or um, companies like yourself, like ProAct, that are talking to those end users, those chefs, um, food distributors. So we don't focus directly with the chef. We are partnered with, we feel like, the right companies to get our product out there. Uh, but it's definitely something that, um, as I look forward to the future, maybe it's something that, mm -hmm. you know, through our relationship with some of these food service distributors, ProAx, that we become more involved, for sure. Especially with all the different uh, varieties of apples that are coming in, all the new, new varieties, uh, we need to establish new recipes. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? And so getting in front of these chefs with these new varieties is going to create, you know, recipes to help on the food service side. Right. And what are those new varieties that you're speaking of? Well, our exclusive apple is the Lady Alice. It's actually named after the owners of, of this company. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so it's really good. It's a, we call it a perfectly balanced apple between sweet and tartness. Um, so it's, it's one of my favorite apples. My favorite apple is the Envy apple. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, a really good supply of envy apples coming in here in the next couple of years. So that is an opportunity for, for myself to get involved with, with developing recipes with chefs. Um, that is definitely one that I would like to, to take to another level. The other apples are like jazz. Uh, Pacific rose is another apple. Um, coming up, we have the cosmic crisp. Oh, is another apple that's that's that everybody is talking about, um, and uh, you know those are some of the uh, some of the varieties I guess the, the newer varieties that are coming up and, the, and they, there's some to every warehouse that's out here. Um, there's the opal and the kiku and the kanzi and there's so many. It's just um, it's becoming challenging. Let's put it that way. <laughs> So speaking of recipes, what is your recipe process? I noticed on your site you do have um, a multitude of recipes for the different fruits you sell. We have gone to certain local chefs um, and uh, partnered up with them. For instance, on the Lady Alice, we've done that also with um, chefs that are in the Midwest, on the East Coast, chefs that are um, a part of the food service distributorship that we work with. And so that is how that has been developed over the years, basically through the food service distributor network. Nice. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So what advice can you give to chefs when storing apples, cherries, blueberries, and pears? Great question. Um, and, you know, in terms of storage, I would think 34 degrees is kind of that optimum temperature between all four, really. Mm -hmm. Kind of where we need to, to, to be to maintain that quality. Um, and then also just handling, handling the product. Obviously, it's they're perishable, and, and you throw boxes around, you're going to damage the skin, going to cause bruising or possibly uh, causing cr um, cracks where uh, bacteria can get in and decay the product. So we just want to make sure that the product is handled with care right. when it gets into the coolers, for instance. 
Thank you, Shane, for taking the time to speak to us. We look forward to chatting with you again. That's all we have for this week, guys. If you haven't already, go give Colorful Place a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recipes and more. Have a great week. Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And as always, stay fresh.